I see you, yeah you, flipping through all the podcasts, looking for something different. Tired of those with all the catchy phrases, a one-size-fits-all quick fix schemes that never seem to fit. My name is Anthony Hart, and if you are like me, you want more than a moment. We are looking for a movement of groundbreakers and world changers who are tired of the status quo, willing to throw it all up to see what sticks, willing to ask a question before pointing a finger. This is your invitation into a collection of thoughtful ponderings posed to make you think, one-on-one conversations that challenge you with fresh perspective, and roundtable discussions where sparks fly as iron sharpens iron. Intrigued? Pull up a seat. We've been waiting for you. But don't get comfortable. You might be up next. In the Red is now in session. Let's go. 2024, the first podcast of the year. You're here. I'm here. We are back in the red. Wow. What does that mean, right? Maybe for some of us coming out of Christmas, we are in the red in our pocketbooks. That's a bad place to be. Maybe we ran into 24, as we talked about in the last episode of 23, uh, on empty because 23 took so much out of us. Or maybe life has taken a lot out of us and 23 was just the final straw. Whatever it is, we find ourselves in the red again. You ever been to that place where it's just constant? Okay, wait, wait, wait. We have to stop, put a pause, put a hold. I got to ask you to do a couple of things. And I noticed some of you did since our last time together, but I need you to follow, download, review. Please take the time. It's your time, not my time. It's your time to say that this has been important to you, that our time together has been fruitful, that this perspective has helped to at least challenge you a little bit, uh, grow some of you a lot or somewhere in between. You're listening. That's okay. You don't have to do everything I say. I am a pastor, and I'm going to give you scripture, and I'm going to tell you how it's impacted my life. It's up to you to do with that information what you will. I'm never going to try to shove it down your throat, make you feel bad, or try to debate and argue into believing what I believe. I really just want to give you a fresh perspective. I want to give you this life-giving word that I believe has changed my life and opened doors for me and opened my eyes to things that I have to overcome, things that have held me back that have helped position me to take each breath every day, to take that new moment every day, to not run from one moment just to run headlong into another, but to be intentional about every step I take. That's all I ask, because every one of us find ourselves in the red. My in the red looks a little bit different. I've realized along the way that truth and those strength-giving moments comes when I'm in the red. Words. Yeah, I know. That is such a cheesy pastor saying, right? In the red words, because Jesus said them. But I encourage you. I want you to just listen. If 24 is a fresh year for you, if you're trying something new, let this be a start. Let this be a place. Let this be a small place where you gather a new, fresh perspective, information you didn't have before, and then just say, okay, what can I do with it? Because today I want to talk about something that I believe is deep, deeply deeply, deeply ingrained in the society around us. And every one of us carries it, whether we know it or not. Even those of us who are deemed successful by those around us, even those who look in the mirror and say, man, I've accomplished a lot. 
I think this word is so heavily mired in our circumstances that we make decisions based on it. We don't make decisions because of it. We get stuck in a place many times because of it. We run away from things because of it. We're fearful to walk into moments because of it. What word? It's an N word. It's not in the red. It's insecure. Hmm. Yes, we are now talking about insecure on in the red. Weird, right? Now, insecurity. If, if we don't ever talk about it, we'll continue to be guided by it, captivated by it, held back by it. That's a lot of things to be done just from one simple word. I want to read the definition. If you know anything about me, if you spend any amount of time with me, I'm a definitions guy because we talk about words a lot, big words especially, insecurity, insecurity, five-syllable word, right? There's a lot going on. We could shorten it to insecure. We could even take out in and say it's the opposite of secure. What does that mean? So the definition of insecurity is this, uncertainty or anxiety about oneself or a lack of confidence. Here's the second definition, because I believe the first one, if we don't understand that, this is the cause. This is because of that uncertainty of oneself, the lack of confidence. It positions us this, the state of being open to danger or threat, a lack of protection. See, I'm here to tell you that the first definition positions you for the second definition. So I'm going to read them together and make a formulate a sentence that will help us see the impact of insecurity. Uncertainty or anxiety about oneself or a lack of confidence that puts us in a state of being open to danger or threat. A lack of confidence that positions us with a lack of protection. Okay, now let's look at the world around us through this lens, okay? Because tell me that you don't hear the language of insecurity everywhere you look. There's two words that I hear constantly in struggles. We are in a, a time maybe like no other. I don't know. It may be like every other. Up to I can only see what I can see. I know, right? Perspective. We've talked about that. So in the day and time that I'm in and I see it, I am a witness now to this insecurity in the just ingrained in our society. The two words I'm talking about is anxiety. Oh my gosh, have we ever been in a time, in, in my 45 years of life, I've heard the word anxiety more in the last five years than the first 40. It has become commonplace. There's medicine for it. There's support groups for it. There's TV shows and movies about it. There's groups that celebrate it. There's movements that are, have occurred because of anxiety. We have seen so many people not only affected by it, but more importantly, driven by it. This is the unsecure place of insecurity. When our insecurities, our anxieties begin to drive us. What did we talk about? A lack of confidence. Anxiety, nine times out of 10, is centered in a place where you don't have confidence. Confidence in yourself, confidence in those around you, confidence in the decisions you're making. In that lack of confidence, now our anxieties about what could occur 
or what might not occur begin to drive us or in the second part of that definition, position us or put us in a state that is open to danger or threat. Right. Our anxieties are all centered in an insecurity. We are not secure. So therefore, we are anxious about the things that are going to occur to us. Most people's anxieties and anxiousness comes from the moments where they have zero control. Like they begin to worry what's going to happen. There's people who won't go out of their house because they can't control the dynamic around. That's insecurity at its core. The second word that I hear quite often associated with anxiety is triggers. Now, if you're insecure, if you're in a state with a lack of confidence, then things around you can affect you. When you're not confident, you are affected by everything. The state of being open to danger. See, when you are confident, it closes the openness. I'm not open into a threat anymore. You can't threaten me because I'm confident. Now we can construe and take confident as cockiness. And that's all about how you present it, how you uh, wear it. Because there is cockiness out there that's not confident. Did you realize that most people who are cocky, it's not based in confidence. It's based in insecurity. Huh. Isn't that crazy, right? We cloak insecurity with cockiness and we like to write it off as confidence. But what this is saying is if you're confident, you're not insecure. When you got to tell how people how confident you are, guess what? You're telling them something that they can't witness on their own. Have you ever watched this? Like if you're watching an advertisement and you're sitting there, you're like, I have zero idea what they're advertising. Recently, I just saw one. It was an Amazon thing, and I, I caught glimpses up here and there. And at the end of it, I was like, what did they even advertise? And somebody had to walk me through it. See, this is the problem with uh, attitudes like cockiness. No one can observe it in you, so you have to tell them about it. This is why I have a problem with people who go around running their mouth about the things they're doing all the time, how good they are, what they've done. If I can't see it, then, and you have to tell it to me, it's probably based out of insecurity. Like, I have not even told you this yet, but I'm going to tell you because we're on a podcast together and we're sharing an intimate moment. And if you this is your first moment with me, you probably should know this about me, but I don't start conversations this way. I don't like to because there's a, a perspective perspective of what this is, a perception. That's what I, not a perspective, a perception of how this conversation is going to go the moment I tell you this. There's a perception of how I'm going to act and respond based on this because of what you've experienced or what somebody's told you about this. And I see it all the time because I'm one of them. And when I watch other people who are in this position and I like, yeah, I'm a pastor. I know. Well, you carry a certain air about you, don't you? No, I don't. I'm just like you. I've realized a long time ago that I don't need a title to do what I'm called to do. And now you're really in it, right? You're like, oh, he's called by God to do it. I had to be because I didn't want to do this. There's times that I don't even want to do it now. I can even remember when I called my dad, who's a pastor, and I said, Dad, um, 
yeah, I, I'm being called into the ministry. Uh, I think I, I really feel like this is what I'm supposed to be doing. My dad made this statement to me. Um, he said, boy, I wish I could tell you to run away as far as possible. See, you don't see this sometimes in ministry and, and pastor. You see all these pastors, they talk it up. And man, you need to be a pastor. You're a pastor. You're a pastor. When you really get it and you're really talking to somebody who gets it and does it for the right reasons, they're not sitting there telling you, you need to do this because you'll get this, this, and this, because this happens. This happens. They're going to look you in the face and tell you the hard truth and say, man, I wish I could tell you to run as far away as possible. Because there's going to be moments it's going to feel like you're the loneliest person on earth. There's going to be moments you have to make decisions that are no one else is going to approve of. No one else is going to understand. He said, I wish I could tell you to run. He said, but if if you're being called to do this, if, God, if it's really God, then there's no better place to be. Because even in the moment that you feel lonely compared to the people that aren't around you, he said, you'll know that God is there with you. And that's a weird statement, I know, for those of you that don't believe or maybe very young in their faith. And But as a pastor, I don't put that on front street all the time. Uh, that's not the first thing I lead into a conversation with. Hi, I'm Pastor Hart, and I would love to sit down and talk about the gospel with you. No, I, more often than not, you're just going to meet Anthony. And I hope that in our conversation, I hope that in this time together, I, I, I truly believe and I hope that this is true, that we could have talked this whole 20 minutes and that never would have come up about what my position is. But I hope along the way that you would have sensed something that is tied to that role of being a pastor, of being a shepherd, of, of really caring for people, of seeing some the hurt and the brokenness in people and want to do something to help them go out, grow out of it. Like that's my heart today as a pastor is to talk about something like insecurity because every one of us are struggling with it from the most successful person out there who's pushing themselves to the core, killing it every day. Why? Because they never want to be what their daddy was. Guess what? That's not confidence in who you are. You're in a position that's open to the threat that you could potentially become that. So every breath is spent doing what you can not to become it. That's not based in security and confidence. It's based in the insecurity of what could be. See, this is insecurity. It's such a way of weaving itself into good ideas and making you think that you're no longer insecure. You want to know how you know you're insecure? I hear this word quite often. I sit in rooms with very successful men, and you want to know the word that I hear um, come out of every one of their mouths at least one time? It's come in my thoughts. I've said it. Imposter. How many of you have ever looked in a mirror thinking you're an imposter, thinking you're in places that you're not qualified to be? If they only knew what I knew. See, this is why some people won't even give Jesus a chance, give their faith a chance, because if Jesus only knew what I did, he wouldn't even talk to me. So I know what I did. So I'll just take it off the table. Church is not a place for me. Hear people say, oh, if I walked into that place, the, the building would fall down around me. I have good news. Jesus doesn't respond to your insecurity. Actually, he does, kind of. Because he died for all of our sins, all of our mistakes, all of our indiscretions, all of our insecurities. 
to declare a confidence into us. I'm going to read some scripture. Take this time. You don't have a Bible. That's okay. Trust me, it's in there. I'm not going to to make it say what I want to say. I'm just going to read it out of my phone app. Um, but I want you to hear these scriptures. If you've never read the Bible before and you um, don't know even know where to begin, I just want to tell you some things of what the Bible actually says. Proverbs 3.26. It's always a good place to start. The wisdom book. It says, for the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from being caught. Now think about this an old mindset, right? This happened in days when uh, you trapped your food. You didn't go to the store and buy it. So a trap or a snare is something that not only takes a hold of you, it's not something you can get snared and then continue to move and walk. It's something that grabs you and holds you and keeps you stuck. So now we think back to the definition of insecurity, right? What it what was it? It was a state of being open to danger or threat. Have you ever thought about an animal that's trapped? Uh, you hear the stories of animals who will gnaw their legs off, or gnaw their foot, their feet off. Sorry, foots almost went really Arkansas on you there for a minute. Gnaw their feet off because of the fear of what's coming to get them. If I'm caught in this trap, something set this trap for me to kill me, to take my life, and I'll do everything I can to get out of it. They're open. They're in a state of danger and posed to a threat. There is no confidence in that moment of their next breath, of their next day, any of that. This is such a declaration of insecurity. We are caught in a trap and we're fearful. We will do anything to ourselves not to the thing coming, like this animal that chews its own leg off. It's not even attacking or responding to the person who set the trap. It's doing everything it can to itself to try to secure it, try to give it its confidence, try to give its own feeling of, of security. How many people are gnawing off pieces of their own identity? taking pieces of themselves away because of the threat of what's coming because they're stuck in the trap of insecurity. I know this is a lens. We've never talked about this before. There's so many people who are defined by anxiety. We wear it. You know, the red letter A is, if you think about the scarlet letter in this, the story, the book uh, was about adultery. But now today, I think the red letter A could be anxiety. And the, the majority of our civil, of our society, of our culture would be honored to wear it. We wear it. Look at in influencers. Look at all these people. Oh, I have anxiety. I take medicine for it. We are just declaring it. So we might as well wear a red A or a, a blue A or a purple A or a gold A or whatever color you want it to be. Because we're defined by our anxiety. It's just where we're at. Look at me. I gnawed my foot off because I was stuck in a trap. Now look at me. I'm just going to hobble around the rest of my life because of anxiety, because of insecurities. What does the scripture say again? Proverbs 3.26, for the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from being caught. So then it goes back to confidence is that you don't ever have to get trapped in it anymore. He's not only removing the fear of the trap, he's removing your ability to be trapped. 
This is what Jesus came to do, really. If you really want to know who Jesus is and what he came to do, it's not come to make you feel bad that you're not what you're supposed to be. It's not come to yell and scream at you that you need to change in order that you can go to heaven. That's what people have declared. That's what the problem that we have with the society as a whole is we've become very angry. So the voice of Jesus is very angry. We'd love to go to the moment where we flip the tables and think that's how he reacts and responds to everything. That, in our minds, for many of us, is the posture of Jesus. Pull the whip out and just beat you into submission. It's not the case. It's not the case. You know, as I was reading some scripture today, I stumbled upon this. I want to share this with you. You want to know how to or overcome insecurity? First, you got to listen to who Jesus is and what he came to do. Luke 4, 18 says this. And Jesus was not just saying this to say it. See, too many people are like, oh, I just read the Jesus statements in the Bible. Well, Jesus referenced the Old Testament in this. He rolled out a scroll. He was in the temple. He rolled out one of the old scrolls from the book of Isaiah. And he reads this, declaring who he is and what he came to do. The very fabric of Jesus was to destroy insecurity. So when we declare insecurity over our lives, when we hold on to it, when we allow that to become our identity, we are refusing Jesus and what he came to do. This is the the sticking point. This is why we can't hold on to anxiety any longer. This is why we can't be driven by insecurity any longer because we'll never get to this better version of us. This is the message that needs to be preached. This is the gospel that needs to be shared. Luke 4 18. He says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. Wherever you're at in your car, don't raise both your hands. Or if you're at a stoplight, you can raise your hand. How many people in this call, on this Zoom call, are, I'm not even on Zoom, in this podcast, if you're watching it on the screen, if you're listening, how many of us are anxious because of finances? Well, I have news for you. God wants to give you an offering, press down, shake it together, and run it over. No, it's not what I'm here to preach to you. That's another broken thought. That's a whole other podcast episode. Whew, that's a deep one. No, what I'm here to tell you is how many times do we spend money out of insecurity, chasing something to make us feel better, food, clothing, things, addictions? See, we don't like to think about this a lot. We'd love to just listen to people preaching about abundance and money and think God's going to give it to us as we give it away to everything else. God's not trying to fund your insecurities. He wants to heal you of those. He wants to restore you in those areas. He wants to give you confidence. So when we throw money at insecurities, how can he ever make us secure? Why would he give you more money to fuel, to finance? your anxieties and insecurities. Have you ever thought about it from that perspective? I challenge someone in this, on this podcast today. Stop funding your insecurities and expecting God to continue to give you that money back. 
I'm here to give good news to the poor. The moment you stop funding your insecurities, more will be in your hands. More will be in your pockets. More that you can use for your good, not for your bad. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind. See, our insecurities blind us. Our insecurities are filters that we begin to see the light through. You don't believe me? Go look in the mirror and tell me what you see. Most people are stuck in fear in front of a mirror more than any other place in the world. Why? Because they know what that person looking back at them has done. They know what that person's capable and incapable of. Most of our anxieties are trapped right there in that place of reflection. That's the first place we have to get freedom from is that we can step beyond what we've done. We can step beyond where we've been. There is hope. Hope out of hopelessness. That's what Jesus came to do to demonstrate that in a place of hopelessness, hope arised. To set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. I want to challenge you this year, 24. And I'm not saying this scripture was talking about 2024. But what I am saying for you right here, right now, the year of the Lord's favor is directly connected to our ability to remove the power and authority from insecurity. Stop and take notice. Really invest time into what drives you. Really invest time in what stops you. Really invest time into the fears that you have of where you're going. Stop listening to the lies of your own voice that you'll never be good enough. That this is just who you are. That it doesn't match it up with this or this. Now is the time. If you want 24 to be different than any other year, then invest time this year in removing power from insecurity. I'm going to read this scripture to you one more time. Because this is what Jesus came to do. All the things you've been told about him are not true if they don't connect with this. You have to understand, he came for you. Well, I'm not poor. I'm not oppressed. I don't need your good news. Yeah. That's a decision you'll have to make. I can't force you into it. I can't talk you into it. If in your eyes you're good enough, then that's a hurdle you'll have to overcome. I just wanted to give you a fresh perspective. Because Jesus said this, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. I'm here to tell you today, 
as we step away from insecurity, as we leave our anxieties, as we stop being triggered by these and we begin to speak confidence in our life, that's the place of the Lord's favor. Because we were created for more, not to be stuck in the mindset of less. God bless you. I hope you're on board for 24. I hope I scared you off right off the bat. I hope you'll give me a chance. I hope you'll share this with somebody else. If no one's told you this today, I just want you to know there's a God who loves you, believes in you, and has paid the price for you. Have an amazing day. Can't wait to see you next time. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go.